Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Liberty listeners, welcome to another episode of Liberty Sessions. This week, we've got a real treat for you. I'm sitting across from Ginny McDonald of Ginny McDonald Designs. And Ginny, it's so awesome to have you. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we actually are looking at each other. I love when we're (laughs) in studio for real and not just fake in studio. Um, Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? So we are a full-service interior design company, and we're based in um, West Hollywood. We uh, focus on a whole range of different uh, services, but predominantly full-service, which includes full-scale remodels, decor projects, and new builds. Um, The decor projects can be anything from a minimum of one full room design um, up to a whole house. What's your favorite thing to do? I kind of like the remodels. I mean, remodels that turn into decor projects, like the the bigger, you know, yeah. the bigger, like from start to finish. And do you like a job where you're doing most of the house or do you like doing a few rooms no, at a time? No, I mean, if we can get our hands on everything, that's kind of, that's better because yeah. you have like the whole vision then. I, I bet you your clients would prefer that too if they, uh, if they could. Yeah, if they, yeah, if <laughs> if they, they could. They that's the key part. Yeah. Um, and how did you get started in this industry? Well, God, it's got, this is going back a long time now. Um, I, well, I finished school, which in the UK is different. You finish at 16. So um, for me, I actually went to work for a friend's uh, dad's architecture firm. So I didn't go to college straight away like my other friends were doing. So I kind of started very young um, and was kind of doing a, a junior architectural technician. If that's Did you work for your friend's dad and then learn that you liked that side of the business or did you like did you think you liked that business I and always, learned that you I always wanted did? yeah I mean I always wanted to go into architecture I always had it in the back oh, of my wow. mind to sort of go into it and didn't really know whether it would be architecture whether it would be interior design or you know at that point I could have become a structural engineer if I'd wanted to you know oh really yeah I mean, it was just it, getting it was your just hands in getting, that. yeah so from that point, um, I then eventually went to university or college, as you call mm-hmm. it here. Mm-hmm. And I was about, uh, I was older than typically you go in like 18 when you're in the UK. So uh-huh. I think I was like 20, 21. Okay. So, um, so barely older. Yeah, yeah. but I at did the time feel it older may, though. Because yeah, I've been, been working yeah. for kind of like, what, four years? Yeah. And so everybody was still in that kind of like party zone where I was like, you know, I had four years full-time working under my belt. So... Did it make you more serious about I, your schoolwork? For sure, like, yeah. For, I, this yeah. is an opportunity to learn this, as much yeah. as I can. I was very serious about the the course, and um, and actually at this, the same time, I still worked two days a week at the architect's practice. Oh, wow. I traveled in between Manchester and my hometown where the architect practice was, and um, and kind of did two days a week. So I was, you know, it was full on. Was, I feel like lot. I'm going to make my kids listen to this <laughs> so they can hear that part yeah. and they can they can understand the value yeah. of that, I mean, getting a little work under your belt before you. Go oh to my school. gosh! And it was and honestly, I think I'm the kind of the technical side of working um, mixed with the kind of more creative side of the university studies. I think was so helpful just just in building my career and um, you know kind of being where I am today. You know. You know, if you, especially if you're like a self-taught designer, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know like the technical side, sure. but you can have that creative side. But I'm, you know, I, I'm so grateful for all those different things that I've kind of done. And going to university was, um, it was challenging because you know it was very different from the everyday like nine to five like job yeah. and. Like also juggling a job at the same time was really hard because, yeah. you know, you're exhausted from studying. Because I was, you know, I would get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'd be in, in university for 8 o'clock in the morning, would leave at 8 o'clock at night, would come go home and be working till like midnight to f- finish. Wow. And that was like kind of at the end of my like three years, but it was intense. Did you maintain the work for the money or did you maintain the work because you wanted to kind of keep connected to the industry? It was both, I think, you know, yeah. and I did, I think for the last 
maybe two months of uh, university, I stopped working just so I could focus on my dissertation and focus on my final project. And was this all in architecture or in interior design? And is there a distinction in the UK yes. like we have here? Or what, what's it like? Yeah, so the, the, my, my work, actually, I was with the architecture firm, I think, for it was like a year and a half. And then I actually transferred over to an interior design company in Manchester. Okay. Um, and my, my degree was in interior design. And I think what you could almost class it as is interior architecture because it's not that was not focused on decor it was more focused on kind of bigger sky blue sky thinking of you know um here's a an old dilapidated building what do come I come up with, with an it? idea yeah. of what you could do with it wow. and you know it was more architectural rather than just kind of like finding cute pillows and sure, you know sure which is you know fun, too. fun too yeah but, 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 but that was it was more kind of more conceptual like thinking than um than picking out fabrics okay so you work for this firm you go to school in the UK what brings you to West Hollywood so 2011 <laughs> um I go to a wedding of a friend a school friend of mine uh-huh. And it's in at the London Hotel in West Hollywood. And I meet my future husband. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. And so did you have any plans to move to the U.S.? Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh, was, no. 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 At, this t- at this point, I was living in London. So I'd, I'd finished my degree and worked for two design firms in uh, Manchester, got made redundant. But from one, which yes. I think you call it laid off. It's not, it's, <laughs> yeah. It was when the recession hit yeah. and everybody kind of, you know, yeah. it was an awful, awful time. But, um, you know, everybody, was a, we had a mass kind of kind of group of us that, you know, had to leave our current company. And then I stayed in Manchester for probably another six months and then moved down to London. And so from London moved over here. But no, I had no intention of coming out to the U.S. Like, we're, we're glad I you to, met him. Yeah, I know. I mean, I like to travel, but, you know, yeah. over here, but I never That's thought. a big, that's was, more than travel. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a long yeah. stay. That's a really long stay. <laughs> yeah. So you get here and do you automatically think, I'm going to parlay this into interior design or I'm going to try and work for a, an architectural firm or I'm going to go out on my own? Like, what's that next move look like? I was hoping that I could sort of transition from what I was doing in the UK, which was commercial interior design. I didn't realize there's not too much of that here in LA that I could really find. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that obvious where to sort of look. There's not kind of agencies. I mean, maybe there are, and I just didn't see them. Mm-hmm. But I did apply to a few different architecture companies that had interior design departments. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that nobody really responds to emails here, <laughs> regardless yeah. of whether it's like, oh, I'm sorry, we're not looking for anybody this time, <laughs> which is what you would like. You would get that in the UK. So it was kind of shocking to know. Well, there was to... a time when you would. Right. But now. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. like, no. it's, that's the, it's sort of like responding to snail <laughs> right. mail. No, right. It totally. doesn't, doesn't work that way yeah. anymore. So, um, so yeah, so th- I, I tried to look for months for, um, and also I actually couldn't work here for a while until my visa, visa situation. Yeah. Right. So I am. Um, I actually started reading a lot of design blogs and found um, Emily Henderson and she was looking for help with kind of project management and some drawings for an event space that she was working on. Um, and so I just kind of emailed and was just like, hey, you know, I can't work. And she's looking for like an intern. So it was almost perfect, perfect yeah. because I couldn't work and she was looking for somebody that she didn't necessarily want to have, you know, um, to, to pay or be on staff or anything. So it was a... I ended up doing that for, that started in March. And then in October, um, she was like, oh, hey, I need somebody to come on with me full time. Do you want to, you know, be my kind of assistant, design assistant? So that's a good yeah. first gig in the United States. It was States. a really good, it really was. Yeah. And well, yeah. And, and good for her too, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Like, had she not seen something, she wouldn't have brought you right, on as exactly. her number two. Yeah. And it was at the very beginning of, you know, her career sort of, began to like escalate not sort of long after that and you know her team grew very rapidly and that team I'm going to spend a minute on that because I think that's really informed kind of what came next for you that that business will say it seems like from our point of view went from being more of a design firm into more of an influencer kind of brand is that accurate 
I think for the most part, there was the influence of thing was always there just because mm-hmm. she had such a big following from her shows from show, yeah. and, you know, winning Design Star. And, um, you know, she had a few design clients when I first started, mm-hmm. but then began to got, get more opportunity with more like sponsorship deals and bigger kind of like influencer roles. And right. so there was a point where the two were kind of going hand in hand and I kind of moved into the interior design side and Brady, who was the second person she took on, he kind of went into the more um, blog side. So, so the good news for you is you got to really get your hands yeah. on the design yeah. work. Yeah. Um, how did that inform what came next for you in terms of you then going out on your own? I'd love you, for you to tell I, that story a little bit. And it's so funny. I, I don't think I ever envisaged going out on my own. You I, didn't? No, because, you know, when you're 16 and you, all you know is working for, sure. um, you know, whether it's a 40-person company or a three-person company, I've always worked for somebody else. So for me, it was never... Yeah, I'm still sometimes think, oh, God, am I really doing this? <laughs> I think many of <laughs> right. us think that, if we're honest. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, and it was never something I never, you know, I didn't have visions of owning my own company ever. So I'm, but I think having worked with them, it, you know, it gave me a look into a different side of design mm-hmm. and, you know, the styling side and, you know, the kind of editorial side and, you know, shooting like camera stuff you know that's a completely different thing from where I started with the more you know architectural um technology side so I think it's it's great to have that as a uh, another if you call it skill to add to my list Um, especially now I kind of feel like you can't be in the design space without having that in terms of growing the brand and growing the audience yeah okay so you didn't plan on being an entrepreneur. You no. were sort of an accidental right. entrepreneur. Right. Um, so then what was it that led you to where you are now? Well, I think the time we, uh, when I was with Emily, we, the projects were sort of coming to a close and I think I was getting itchy feet. She was getting itchy feet. And I think, um, you know, she didn't really want to focus on any of the design clients anymore mm-hmm. because, you know, I think, the influencer partnerships were just a lot bigger and faster. And, you know, I'm, she liked the quick turnaround of projects. And I actually don't mind the kind of longevity just because, again, being in architecture, you can wait to. for like three years for sure. a project to be finished, but you're still in the nitty gritty part of, you know, problem solving. So that for me, I actually love. So I'm, you know, I actually interviewed with another designer um, and got offered a job. And I did decline the, I eventually, well, I actually took on the job. And then people were like, why are you not going and doing your own thing? And yeah. I kind of. Including Emily, right? Yeah, Didn't she yeah she was you? very supportive and sort of said, you should go and do your own thing. You know, I don't know why you're not doing that. I'm happy regardless of whatever you do, but you could go and do this on your, on your own. And I spoke to several friends, mm-hmm. other kind of friends who had also started their own companies and they were like, just do it. And then, you know, I think there was the scare factor of, well, I haven't got any clients. How am I supposed to pay bills? And, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's just, that whole thing, yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, and I, you know, I took on this other job and I didn't actually start. Um, but once people had got in my head, I was like, maybe I should just do this. Yeah. You know, and there was one project and it was a, re- it's a one um, project that we were working on with Emily and we'd just done a bit of concept ideas. And so I sort of said to myself, well, if we can get that, if I could get, take on that project, it's a full, it's a ground up new build home. If I could take on that project, then this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll go and go on my own. So we emailed the client and she was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to work with Ginny. It'd be great. Um, and so because she'd sort of said that, I was like, okay, let's just do this. There you go. Although, and now you're an entrepreneur. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> you <I> are. <laughs> you are. It's not, there, there's no other way right. about it. You're an entrepreneur at that point. The funny thing is, though, I haven't actually started that project. Are you kidding? No. That's hilarious. Is it like looming? Will yeah. it start one day? At some point, That's I hope. a fantastic story. Yeah. Oh, because had yeah. that not yeah, been the deal, you yeah. would not be here, yeah. right? And That's it's like, this is almost story. like a year and a half, almost two years. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so then what? did happen because if that hadn't 
hasn't started, then there was no revenue. So to in. be honest, at the time I did have, I was working on a project outside of the stuff with Emily and okay. it was for, um, that was a, a, a remodel project. Okay. So I was focusing on that and, you know, I'm again, Emily just being so amazing with, you know, her employees. She was like, we can just pass on anybody that, you know, wow. comes to us. And so we, I got some referrals from her. Um, There's a true example of women helping yeah. women, oh right? My gosh, Not yeah. just saying yeah. it, but no. actually making that happen. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'd occasionally get a you know, couple of different emails from, um, you know, potential clients. And, you know, now I get more mostly referrals from sure. previous people. So. so let's talk about that for a second too. So I don't know if this was informed by working with Emily and seeing how that influencer space developed or if it was just a product of the times, but you have a really healthy and loyal social media following. How did that parlay into actual business or did it? I think my first uh, client outside of Emily, and she has been, she's literally, I, you know, I owe her my career. Not just Emily, I owe my career and also this other client. Mm. She, um, she contacted me outside of Emily and wanted to work directly with me. I think, you know, one that she knew I would be mm. more cost effective, um, but she also, you know, what followed my home and just sort of liked my style. And Let me just say for the audience, um, when Ginny says followed my homes, a lot of the pictures on her feed are of her yeah, home, right? A yeah. lot of them, so if you kind of go back, they are, now they're more um, my projects yeah. for other people, but for the most part, yeah, you'll see a lot of the house on yeah. there. Um but she, she's from LA and she referred me to all a bunch of her friends. I think I've done like a handful of like four or five different wow. friends of hers that I've worked with since. So she essentially launched my career in a, in a sense. And um, that person, say again, that person came from she Instagram? She followed me through Instagram, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if I, I mean, I have to be honest then that I, since, since, you know, start my own company, the Instagram and kind of mm. social has gone on the back burner just because I don't have the time. And, you know, for you or in general, for do me, you think? for okay. me, yeah. And I know it's something that I'm working on, <laughs> but um, it's, it's just hard. There's so much you, you know, people want to yeah. see original content. And when you are doing these sort of bigger projects, you're not creating content sure. as fast. It's a full-time so, job, yeah. it seems. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I hence Emily's decision. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. Makes exactly. sense. And so, you know, I don't, I don't have the a back catalog of different shoots and projects because, you know, there's only a certain amount we can do sure. at a time. And then, you know, actually sometimes it's hard to like get clients to finish some projects. Which, I was going to say too, then you've got to get the client to finish. Then yeah. that job needs to be like full decor exactly, yeah. so that yeah. you can shoot something yeah. that is representative yeah. of who you are as yeah. a designer. And, you know, once they've done a remodel, they kind of done on spending money yeah so like trying to get the decor side is hard you know mm, yeah I, I yeah. know <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I personally yes. understand that we have lots of white walls in our house um when you think about Instagram I just want to spend a minute on that because people are going to listen to this they're going to go to your feed they're going to see that you do have this loyal following give us two bits of advice for Instagram in your experience? Like, do you think people, we hear all this noise about the algorithm, the algorithm, right. the al algorithm, and if somebody doesn't have a following, it feels like, how am I going right. to do this? Even with sponsored posts, it feels really um, unsurmountable. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice to those people um, to like, don't worry about it? It's not, it's not a conversion tool, you know, it's more of a portfolio, any, I don't want to put any words in your no, mouth, but any advice? I mean, I think from, I mean, at least for me, it originally started as me just kind of showcasing my home. And I think I got a lot of followers based off that. And also at the time, you know, Instagram wasn't as yeah. nuts as it is now. Yeah. And, you know, if I got tagged in a photograph with Emily or something else, you know, you would automatically, your, your followers would go up. Sure. It doesn't seem to happen anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, it's, you know, consistency, as everybody always says, it definitely, that definitely helps. I think Instagram stories, I don't do nearly enough of them. And I don't, and I, mainly because I don't like to have my face on there. Yeah. And I think it would help, you know, for me to at least I grow more. I think it more. would really help. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I, you know, I've, I've, in those other accounts that I've followed recently and I've seen them really grow. And I think it's yeah. because they are posting a lot constantly and they are doing Insta stories. So I think it's just yeah. the combination of the two. I think the irony is it's in particular in your industry where it's so visually yes. like, um, uh, important yeah. to, to get your content out. I think that you become the differentiator, not right. necessarily your design. Right. Um, people either like it or don't like it. Exactly. And if there's 20 people they like, then what's going to distinguish you from the yeah. other person, especially if your pricing is very similar. Right. And if they're really trying to get to know you, this is somebody that a client's going to work very intimately right. with. Yeah. So to follow story and to see, yeah. I mean, I look, you know, I do what I say, not what right, I do, right. but the value of getting to know that person um, becomes great when once they become a customer, they're actually working with For you. For sure. And I think because hiring a designer is is a very personal thing. Mm. You know, it Absolutely. is a luxury service. But at the end of the day, you're, you know, you're paying for this person to come in and essentially create your home. Yeah, which and is, they're in your yeah, home yeah, for a long yeah, time. And yeah. they're taking a lot of your yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> Deserve yeah, it. No, yeah. But, but it, it, you do want to have yeah. that sort of relationship. So I assume we'll be seeing more of you on InstaStory <laughs> after this interview. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I just got to get, I think it's my Englishness. I don't know. That's just oh, like, the Englishness of not wanting to be, yeah, hey, look at me. Yes, yeah. I know, maybe. but I think... Look, again, I totally get it, but I also think that if you think about it from the customer's point of view versus your own, like, struggle with your ego right. and your vanity, right. it, it takes the pressure off. Right. It's right. sort of like, this is for them. Right. This isn't for me. Yeah. It looks like it's for me. Right. And, you know, uh, yeah. everybody who thinks that can just get over right. it. Right. Like, I, I'm not living for them. I'm right. living for me and, yeah. and for these clients. Like, yeah. I want to be accessible. Yeah. So I think that's advice for many people listening, <laughs> not just the English right. people listening, but many people listening. Um, I asked you earlier sort of what's your dream kind of project when you named all the different right. things you did and you said sort of somebody who comes in and says, hey, can you do all the whole house yeah. or pretty yeah. pretty much the whole house? I think, I think it's – I love doing the remodel side because you get to do the construction elements, yeah. but then also to take that through into the decor – and I think really just having somebody who trusts your vision. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, we do get clients that have, how do I put it? They're, they can be, they want to be too involved mm -hmm. and don't let you do your job. Mm -hmm. um, and there are clients that are just so happy to have you on board and trust your vision and let you kind of run with it. And those are the kind of dream clients. Those are the dream projects. How do you vet them? How do you, you're in a position where you have enough work that you can say no to some people. So how do you discern who is the most likely to allow me that sort of runway and that sort of freedom versus somebody who is going to be a little bit more challenging? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's hard. I mean, a lot of it is just your instinct and trust in your yeah, gut. Yeah. Um, I have been wrong on a couple occasions. Mm -hmm. um, you will be wrong on yeah, a couple and more. I, and, yeah. and well, and here's the thing, you know, and what the good thing is, you know, Instagram is great because you see other designers going through the same mm -hmm. situation. You think, okay, it's not just me. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, seeing those red flags at the beginning, I think really just collating information at the at the kind of either at the consultation or the call before you have a consultation. And if anything, you're interviewing the client as much as they're yes. interviewing you yeah. because, you know, you have you have to be a right fit. Yeah. Um, that's – I can – Elizabeth's copying that yeah. down. She knows that we both, we both love that. I think that's absolutely right on for so many industries that you have to take yeah. as much ownership in that and say, look, I'm interviewing yeah. them too. Yeah. I'm looking for a fit as much as they are because at the end of the day like if my I mean I would hope that people come to me because they like my style they want to you know I'm not necessarily you know I can work with a lot of different styles mm -hmm. you know I tend to work with the architecture of the house and the personalities of the clients mm -hmm. um and I would hope that people come to me for that but I've had clients come to me before and I don't think they really they, – they think they 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 know my style and they want that, 
But when I put something together for them, it's not quite what they envisaged. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know why why you contacted me in the first place. It's a little awkward, but... There's probably um, a little bit... Having interviewed designers and um, you were on a panel that we did mm -hmm. at West Elm over Christmas or the holidays, I should say. But um, it seems like there is... This in-between, and for any listener out there who wants to create this right. uh, job or this this business, there is room for uh, the type of business that is almost like an order shipping. Risk. Like, yeah. what, what would you call that? Is that? Does that exist? It's like they don't really want a designer. They, right. through Pinterest, yes. can collect their own boards, and they, and just, they just want somebody to manage. a project manager. Yeah. Is yeah. that a thing? I mean, it is within my company, but yeah. not just solely. I mean, and I don't think so. I mean, yeah. there's we we have we use purchasing agents, but, but as a designer, we can only use them. You know, not sure. they are not accessible to mm -hmm. the layperson. No, no. It, yeah, it seems like having talked to again a lot of designers, that's that's a difficult and, and the and the landscape has changed. Right. What used to be, oh, I need the designer so the designer can get me access to their right. discounts yes. and those stores yeah. and all that. Now we're living in a world where West Elm and Restoration Hardware, right. who you can buy as a as a, you know, yeah, they have all the discounts. Pedestrian, so, you yeah. can buy your own membership yeah. there and yeah. you get the same discount as the designer. So what the designer used to be able to leverage from retailers isn't really there anymore. Mm. It is still there for custom work and, and wholesale. from wholesale. Yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely. think that's an important distinction that through you, you're giving them access to things that they wouldn't even know exactly. Existed. Yeah, exactly. And so that that's the value. Yeah, if absolutely. somebody is going to outfit their house with restoration hardware or West Elm, wherever yeah. you are on that spectrum or Pottery Barn or whatever right. – Maybe you just need somebody who, to do yeah, the shipping. Yeah, you just need like a purchasing because that would be terribly boring for you for too. Sure. It's very boring, and and you know, I'm they just need, um, what is it? V what do you say? Valid, v validic? What is v it? Validation. Validation. Yeah, why can I yeah. think of that? They yeah. need validate. They basically need validation that their what they're picking is suitable yeah. for their space. And like by that point, if somebody wants me to do that, like I don't I, like yeah. that's so that takes the buzz out of it for yeah. me. It's so you know why am I here? You're, yeah. you're spending so much money on my time. Like what are we doing? No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, I I think that's an important thing even for clients to yeah. understand. Like, yeah. It sounds like that's not what you really right. want from yeah. me. It sounds yeah. like you want somebody to do your right. ordering shopping. and shipping yeah. and yeah. you know mitigate the mistakes that you exactly. might make yeah. if yeah. the, the, the couch then, is oversized yeah. or whatever. But then it would come down to me if the couch was oversized. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> it's all it's always someone yeah. else's fault. Yeah. Um, what would you say to date has been the hardest part of launching your business? Uh, I think actually, kind of understanding how an interior design business is run. And I say that because, you know, having worked for Emily, I think that we weren't necessarily running an interior design business. Mm. It was more of a, um, you know, we were designing, but it was... Content. Yes. More, yeah. Um, and we did have design clients, but there are different things that you do as an interior designer that we weren't necessarily doing. So the way we would place orders and... Um, some of the like computer tools that we use, mm -hmm. you know, I use Ivy, which is a great. We're going to talk about oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ivy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ivy's like a great online tool that we use for purchasing and keeping track of orders, um, and using like receiving companies mm -hmm. where everything gets stored for. Meaning, you didn't do those things at mm -mm. Emily, no, and you are doing them yes. now. So yeah. those are distinctions. Yeah. So just really quickly for those people who are listening who might be thinking about starting a design business or currently have one and yep. can't understand what other models are yeah. out there. Let's just together see if okay. we can give them some examples. So one design model, interior design business model yep. would be I'm paid by the hour. Yep. And when I buy you furniture, I make a markup. I, yep. I mark it up and yep. I make that margin. Yeah. Is that and, the and, generally speaking yeah, how most people work? And I mean, everybody works so differently. Yeah. It's crazy. So give us another example. So I would say some people work on um, a flat fee, mm -hmm. and they per square footage per room. It could per, be yeah okay. per square footage or like yeah depending on on the room. Um, some people do like the hourly plus 
I'm a markup fee. Oh God, it's so hard. I mean, I do it differently yeah. for. Is that what I described at first? Yes, I the think so. Yeah, the hourly, okay. hourly, and then you know people will do. Um, I think people do hourly on the design, but mm-hmm. then when it comes to actually the ordering, they'll charge a percentage on the f- the orders, right. if you will. So, so that's the markup. Yes, piece. exactly. So they yeah. bought it for a hundred. They sold it to the customer for two hundred. They right. make a hundred. Right. I know it's never double right, like right. that, it's but like something a, yeah, like percentage thirty percent is kind of the standard and. When you think about those, let's we kind of described two models and you can combine those, yes. do those independent of one another. What you described with Emily is a content model, which means she was making money working with the brands. Yeah, we would do that sometimes, but also, you know, we did charge an hourly fee to the clients, mm-hmm. um, but we would get some products gifted from different mm-hmm. companies. And so we would use those in the shoots and, you know, kind of promote them that way. That wasn't, you know, there was more sole sponsored posts that sure. we would do. But for some of the design clients, we would get like an individual, like a rug for the whatever sure. room. And, you sure. know, and then, um, and I think we just gifted them. I think we just gifted them. I don't think we'll we just say them. that yeah. you did. Yeah. Sure. But that makes sense again, why you would choose, Emily or anybody would choose, this is complicated, let me just yeah. be a content Yeah, absolutely, company. yeah. And absolutely. I think it's helpful for people to hear what you're saying and to understand, okay, there's multiple ways to do this. One other thing I wanted to ask about was a retainer. Mm-hmm. Some companies choose to take a retainer mm-hmm. and literally it's to retain it. you. Yeah. So again, working in round numbers, it's $1,000 to retain me. It's almost like a deposit. Yeah. You get that on the back end yeah. or you can apply it to, apply last, it to, yeah. to whatever the balance is. Some people take a larger retainer and it's just eating away. Yes. Their yeah. hours are, yeah. are counted against yeah. it. Yeah. Have you seen anything else other than those two in terms of retainers or? I think that would, I think that's okay. it really. Yeah. I think it's, again. It's definitely important to do that though. Yeah, the retainer. The retainer. Oh my gosh. Tell us why. So I mean, important. We, we can probably imagine, but yeah. I want to hear it from I mean, you. you know, it definitely secures your um secures your the the job. Because you you're saying no to other people. Yeah. If yeah. You, if this busies mm-hmm. your schedule. Yeah. yeah. So this kind of, you know, this is, you know, you're in the book, you're you're we're we're gonna work together. This is yeah. it. Here's, you know. But if um, you know, if people are late with payments or, you know, things don't necessarily go to plan, um, you have a little backup. Yeah. So, um, and also like, you know, I've had clients in the past have kind of disappeared for a couple months and you're like, hey, like Hello. calling them and you're like, you know, and they're just like, oh, we've been away for two months. And it's like, you couldn't have told me. Yeah. Or um, they just didn't get yeah. to whatever the homework yeah. was that yeah. you gave them. So, and exactly. Now, yeah. yeah. So that's why it's good to just have that in your back pocket, you know. I mean, for both of your sides, you know, to protect you as the client, um, to make sure that we are going to work on your project, mm-hmm. but also to protect us in case, you know, people decide to disappear or, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it's something that I've only really recently implemented into my business model and uh, it's definitely. You probably learn that stuff as you go. You do. And that's a yeah. lot of the, and that's what I, another thing about like the whole learning curve over the last couple of years is, you know, that again, is like, that's been a hard thing to sort of, I'm asking clients for X amount of money up front. That seems crazy, but actually it's not. Yeah. It's, it's just how it should be. Yeah. And you see that when you, yes. when you start taking your business more seriously yes. and stop yeah. making it personal, exactly, like, oh yeah. my gosh, you're yes. giving it to yeah. me. It's like, no, they're giving no, it to the, the business company, and yeah. this is, you are in business. <laughs> yeah. This is what you do. Thank you for that. Um, Because you're such a wealth of information, I'm going to keep digging a little bit more into the second half of the interview where we're really asking you more questions, not just about the design industry, but just about going from solopreneur Mm -hmm. to now building a team, which Mm -hmm. is something that you've recently started doing. And I might add in a really short period of time, like you, your growth has been exponential in a really short amount of time. And I think that's due to a lot of the things you've already talked about, um, in addition to your hard work and you're very strategic. I've seen you mm-hmm. do some things that, um, I don't know if it's because of your background that you just know better. Right. Um, or if you inherently sort of think right. like this and are yeah. a planner, but talk a little bit about 
what it has taken so far to go from, well, first making the decision to go from solopreneur to, I think I need to hire my first right. person or I need to hire a team or bring on a, even an, um, uh, what's the word? Intern. Right. I mean, give us a little bit of how did you know when it was time? I mean, I, I think I almost hired somebody temporarily, like not temporarily, part-time within the first few months of going solo. Mm -hmm. And it just needed just an, just an extra pair of hands to, you know, mm -hmm. have. Because I was always, again, like always used to working in a team. So it was kind of not because I felt isolated, although that is part of it, you know, but I did need somebody to, you know, take a few things off, off my hands. It wasn't mm -hmm. within the first few months um, that I did hire somebody. I think it was just for like two days a week at that point. Um, but that was, that was hard because I, I, you know, although I've been used to working in a team, um, all of a sudden, this is my, this is me, this you're is my baby. And so then managing. I'm kind of having yeah. to relinquish some responsibility, mm. which oh, yeah. actually was the, one of the hardest parts because all of a sudden I'd just gotten hold of everything. And now I'm like, oh, in order for me to like continue though, I actually do need to give things away, sure. which was a weird concept for me. Sure. Um, so that was if the, fir the first person I hired was for probably sort of six to eight months. And then that didn't fully work out. I mean, she's a great person. I mm -hmm. think I needed more, somebody who was in a more senior role. So um, uh, I'd actually met my current assistant uh, at a conference mm -hmm. and she emailed me after we met. She's like, hey, you know, I'm in between jobs right now. Um, I would love to help you out on projects if you have anything. And I actually had a shoot or an install the following week. So I said to her, hey, could you help you know, on Tuesday. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm free. And she killed it. Like the whole day she was with me from like eight in the morning to 10 at night and just really on top of her stuff. And yeah. so, um, she ended up doing another couple days with me and then has kind of since then grown into, she's not full time, but she's probably about 20 to 30 hours a week mm -hmm. at the minute. And, you know, she's, yeah, I think I, I don't know what I would do without her. <laughs> That's awesome. It's nice to have those. Yeah. I definitely have yeah. those people. Yeah. Um, what, how did you organize yourself? Because I hear from a lot of people that are in that kind of zone or that season where they're going from solopreneur to right. hiring a team where you have this person hovering over you saying, right. what do I do next? Mm -hmm. What do I do next? And there's this kind of, as much as you need the help, there's this counterintuitive thing that right. has to happen, which is, you need to take a step back and organize yourself right. so that you can make room yeah. for another person, whether that's identifying what you're letting go of, because um, there are certain things you can't let go right. of. It's your business. Um, identifying the strengths of that person and what you're not mm -hmm. good at or not great at right. both and giving that away. How did you do that? What was the process there for well, you? Well, I think I think the first hire, I had I had no idea. I was just mm -hmm. like, I need, I need help. help. Yeah. I need a body. <laughs> just need yeah. somebody. Heartbeat. And yeah. And so, you know, when that started to come to an end, I did take a couple of months and not have anybody with me. Um, and then kind of really under tried to understand where I needed the help and mm -hmm. what I could pass off and what I was comfortable passing off. And also finding somebody that um, can do things that I can't do. Like, you know, I can pretty much do most things mm -hmm. because of my experience and my background, but there are things that I probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I was just going to say know, that. You know, it's like more about like what word, I should. But should you be doing yeah. them? But there are things like accounting, like I don't want to do that, yeah. but I still do that. Yeah. I'm still the one that's invoicing every week, which is crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I probably should ha hand that off to somebody. I'm also the one that does all the drawing work. And that's mainly because of my background. And it's very close to me. I would, you know, for t 10 to 15 years, I would sit and draw every day, every single day with my old jobs and so yeah. for me to hand that off to somebody that's a very personal thing because I'm just quite anal about it yeah <laughs> and how it but I can I can train somebody to do that are the drawings 
um, something that you share with the client mm-hmm. before they yeah. before they say yes to the yeah. job. Yeah. So then uh, there's no, no before they say that no the the client the drawings are basically are we going to move in this direction? Exactly, They've already said yeah. yes. Yes. It's like yeah. a, an approval thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it seems like that's still an imp- very I understand yeah. why that would be hard to give away yeah. because in essence it's part of Ginny McDonald yeah. Designs. It's right. part of what they've hired. Yeah. Right. But if you train somebody in your way, right. I always use the Starbucks example, right. like yeah. not every barista knows how to make a non-fat right. latte the right. same way. Right. But when you go through a training process, yeah. it says like, here is how we do right. it here. Here's the Absolutely. model here. And there's a handbook for how we do mm-hmm. this. Then all of a sudden, no matter where you are in the world, you get yeah. the same latte. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the same, you know, um, I've moved several different companies and one company used one computer package and this is the way they did it. So I just pick that up and then the same is true for another company. I could teach somebody to do that. I guess for me, it's just so close to me that that's a hard one for me to pass off. But I know actually that I could be focusing on other things if I could give that away to someone. I bet just like your gut check with the hire, it'll just be, you'll right, know exactly, when it's yeah, time. Yeah. There is one person that I've I've spoken to, but it's just the opportunity's never sure. really gotten to that point. I sure. think she would be great. Just, you know. So I know that from chatting with you um, before this interview that you're actually ready for perhaps a third person that's not intern level, that's yeah. kind of another junior person. And you're, you've really started to look at what are the different roles mm-hmm. and of the different roles, how much per hour does that role bring right. in? Right. You know, how, what is the reven- the connection to revenue right. of that role and what is the connection to kind of administrative right. non-revenue yeah. generating roles? And how are you... How are you navigating that as you think of this? Okay, I think there's room for a third person. How do you know where to put everybody? I mean, I'm trying to come up with systems. I think that's a big thing for me this year is putting systems in place that, you know, um, can lead to expansion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have um, we have our kind of, we call them phases. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, the first one is, you know, the pre pre-consultation. And it goes, you know, the pre-consultation till the kind of install and then the, the shoot and the client closeout. So there's like, I don't know how many different phases, about 12 different phases, but I'm trying to kind of really go into those phases and see where I should be involved in them and see where like a senior person should be involved and see where like a junior person and just understanding, um, you know, what I'm doing now versus what I should be doing in the future sure. and like who else could be doing these tasks. Sure. Because there are tasks like we've talked about returns. Yes. Should a junior yeah. person be doing that? Should yeah. a middle person, yeah. senior person yeah. be doing that? Yeah. What's the return on right. that? Yeah. Return on investment. Right. Yeah. Not return. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and really you're you're starting to have for the first time the freedom to really right. look at the business yeah. like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like we're all you doing everything because yes, yeah. we just have to scramble. Yeah. Um, when you think about taking on more people, what is that? Does that provide anxiety? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say peace, but you just you you answered it for the me. negative. But what no. is what? Yeah, tell us about the anxiety because once again, I think there's people listening who are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't be responsible for somebody's like." livelihood, right. even if they're a contract right. employee and I'm only hiring for so many hours, that feels it's like still, so much pressure. Yeah. Where's the anxiety coming from? Is it what I just said or is there I, more? I think a combination of that and also um, the fact that, you know, I do work from home right now, mm-hmm. you know, so we're in my... From um, your beautiful home, by the way, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> in our office. My dogs are around, you know, my yeah. husband's around because he works from home. So it's a very... I mean, it's not unprofessional, but it, you know, it's, it's my house. Yeah. So I am actually maybe hopefully next Friday moving yeah. into a new, a new a space. Yeah. So I'm just finalizing some details on that. Um, even that's like a big jump for me to sure. actually be paying rent on another property, you sure. know? So, so the anxiety comes from having people, I'm quite a introverted person and so having a lot of people around me all the time is not something I'm necessarily 
into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I also do like having people around because it's great to bounce off ideas. Mm -hmm. I think actually having people working in the same in the same room is really helpful. And that's kind of why I'm getting the office because that way we can be more present together and, you know, there's less back and forth over email and phone calls and, you know, everyone just gets on the same page. Um, I think it's mainly because we are in my house at the minute. And so once I get out of that, it might, the anxiety levels might not be as sure. as high, but um, it has just been able to like, you're going to get up and go out, <laughs> go to the office every day, which is like, I've not been doing that for a year and a half. I want to follow <laughs> up with you though. I have a sneaking suspicion that the benefit, it'll take a minute. Yeah. To, it's a new habit, but the benefit will far yeah. outweigh yeah. the hassle because having people face-to-face, -face, there's just nothing yeah, like so, it. Yeah. And your ability to manage, which is essentially what right. you are now. You've right. put yourself in a – you're principal right. of the company, but you're still – you're a manager yeah. now of yeah. these people and this team. And taking that offline yeah. will be huge. I also think having the separation from yeah. home – and work. I mean, yeah. I, um, my home will always be work because sure. you can't ever switch off. Yeah. But there will be some separation, which I definitely need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to follow up. We'll follow, we'll follow up with a social media post. Um, you're, you think you're going to move in next Friday? Or you're going to finalize the deal next Friday? I think it's just going to happen next Friday. Okay, I'm, just, so we'll follow I'm dragging up. my heels a little we'll, bit. We'll follow up before <laughs> summer um, when you've had a few months there. Um, so you had talked about Ivy a minute yeah. ago, and I want mm -hmm. you to talk a little bit more for people who are both in the interior mm -hmm. business and people who are not. What are some of the hacks and some of the tools and apps and things like yeah. that that you've used? Because you are super organized. Um, I know that about you. <laughs> and I also know that that particular Ivy platform mm -hmm has been a way for you to connect with other designers. Yeah, so I want to talk incredible. about that in a second too. So first, the apps and the tools. So on a daily basis, we use um, a project management app called Asana, which mm -hmm. is, um, it's Woo amazing. We use it yeah, too, yeah. It's amazing. It's just so easy. You can add team members. You can, um, you know, you can create new projects. You can, there's like different ways of adding, like I'm a list person. Mm -hmm. So there's a ways of adding lists that you can kind of assign to people and check off once they're done. And it just really is robust and, and is able to kind of, um, you know, keep and keep track of like where projects are mm -hmm. at. Um, we use that. We also use Harvest, which is a timekeeping mm -hmm. app. And that's really great because you can, you know, again, like divide it by project. You can, because we are hourly, you can clock in and out as and when you're working on the project. I can kind of oversee what the team members are, are, you know, what they're working on. And, you know, we bill from Harvest. It's an invoicing app as well. I will say that Ivy is also an invoicing app. And, um, you know, it's predominantly for ordering and keeping and like creating purchase orders. Um, so it's not just interior designers. It's anybody who... For Ivy? Yeah. I think it's predominantly it it's, it's okay. focused it for interior okay. designers. Yeah. Um, but you can, um, you know, you create proposals to send to clients, which essentially is all the products that you're proposing. It shows you how much they wow. can pay through Ivy. It's very streamlined. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively young company, so there's still, you know, a couple glitches here and there, but it, they're building every day to make it such a, like, more robust, yeah. um, you know, program. I think that's really important that you said that because often we're like, we'll just create our own that works with us. Yeah. And, your full-time job is yeah, not to no. perfect this platform. Yeah, no. Theirs yeah. is. And so work through the glitches. Yeah. Yeah. Go with them yeah. and focus on what you yeah. do. As a startup, as a business in its first five years, that's really where you need to spend exactly. your time. And I will say that the, we use Harvest because Ivy's timekeeping isn't quite isn't, there yet. Right. But I think once they – then they you know, I know that they're working on it. They have a really great um, – uh, like customer and uh, not customer service like they have like um team that's kind of research and development exactly, that's really yes. figuring and out what's next and what to yeah. perfect and you can email them and just say hey we think this would you know and awesome. they're very open to suggestions so um i think within the next couple of years they will really enhance that side and once they do i'll probably switch over sorry harvest <laughs> but i will switch over if, <laughs> well to you know, have one just one place yeah. i tried it all that yeah i tried it and it just didn't work for what we do so um 
it was your harvest is just so harvest and asana for <clears throat> anybody who's listening they anybody can, use can it. do it yeah i mean i've worked with graphic designers that use at harvest um but that's just literally a timekeeping app and an invoicing app and it's great and you can link it to your quickbooks you can link it to your basically your bank account and paypal and all that kind of stuff so um easy to pay okay now going back to harvest for a minute yeah. i mean to ivy for a minute um, because I learned this in chatting with you. There's so many other designers you Love, know yeah. through Ivy. Yeah. I don't know if they've had like IRL events that you guys have all attended and that's how you know each other or so they, what's – tell me about great. that. Like not just – not just their their whole thing is their social side mm-hmm. is incredible. They have an online Facebook group and mm-hmm. you can only be invited once you're an Ivy member. And, um, you know, all different designers across the country will like, you know – hey, do, have you seen where this sofa's from? And mm-hmm. then you'll get like a bunch of people responding or, you know, hey, I had a really bad experience with a client this week. Then they'll copy and paste an email and like people will respond. It's a very, very amazing community. It's an amazing community. That's of cool. like, you know, it's no, you know, there's enough work to go around. Sure. And so um, there's no kind of competition or, you know. Well, you actually represent that in a way that I don't always see. Right. I, I mean, I think that's a great mantra, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and one that women supporting women is such a value. We talked about yeah. that with Emily earlier um, and how she supported that yeah. first step for you. But I think um, to see it practiced mm-hmm. is something entirely yeah. different. And I've seen you yeah. do it yeah. in real time. Yeah. Um, you were on a panel, as we mentioned earlier, and it was amazing. The, the entire room was full of people in the design industry, yeah. from artists to interior designers to furniture crafter makers, <laughs> um, photographers. And the panel, as you guys spoke to one another and to other people in the audience who could have been panel participants, there was a lot of knowledge in that room. It was amazing to see people sharing resources at that level, not just, um, again, not just talking about how we're going to share and how there's enough room for or work to go around, but truly sharing. And there was one really special thing that happened that night. Um, one woman told her she was, it was a fresh incident. Mm-hmm. She had just lost a job in the interior design space. And um, I encouraged her to get to know some yeah. people for those who had businesses and potential hiring opportunities to go talk to her. And um, you, being one of a couple people that reached yeah. out to her, really kind of took her under your wing, even just in that moment yeah. for a conversation. Why do you think it's not exclusive to the design industry? That can be an equally snarky competitive yeah. industry. Why do you think you've create you've found a community where that's been created? What do you think that's all about? I mean, I think that I don't. There is, you know, there's so much work to go around in the in in this industry at least, mm-hmm. and. I just don't see this. I don't know what, there's no competition. There's no, I don't know. Like it was funny when I was sort of training and there was competition mm. and the, in some of the design industry in the UK, at least when I was there, there was like kind of weird competition and it just kind of felt like sneaky and just not, just not pleasant. And so I think as a young designer, there aren't so many resources. And, you know, when I actually first left Emily and kind of was trying to figure out like ways of charging or other various things there's not a lot of resources out there so if I could kind of help somebody by giving somebody a little bit of knowledge that just kind of spurs them on or you know helps them figure out the last piece that they need then I'm I'm more than happy to share that information because I don't see why it needs to be secretive (laughs) yeah well and just to stay right on point about this hiring people and building a team that's where your first team member came from, right? It was a it was a situation where a bunch of designers were gathered. So she was so the there was this, my assistant who is like my assistant now. So yeah. she like there's there's an online um, platform called Business of Design, mm-hmm. and um, this is kind of a lady. That, and it's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast, it's a yeah. podcast, a blog, and she's also a designer. Mm-hmm. And she had um, like a panel at the Design Center in West Hollywood. Um, and the, her, her uh, website is like a membership 
mm-hmm. only kind of mm-hmm. thing. And you can, once you sign up, you get to see all her videos and, um, you know, download all the information. Um, but I went to this meetup and um, we were encouraged by the lady to write all our emails onto a page and keep in contact with each other, which we have done. And since then, we've met up on a couple occasions. And, you know, it's weird. We're all from different parts of LA. Some are in like Long Beach. Some are in, you know, Thousand Oaks. Uh, Which for those listening who don't live here is miles and miles and miles. miles. And by one of my friends, an Englishman actually said, have you ever noticed when you ask somebody in LA (laughs) – how far away something is, they respond in minutes right. or hours. Oh, right. yeah. It's in time, yeah. not yeah. in time. I'm like, no, the question is, <laughs> like, how, how far, far is yeah. it? Um, is it 20 miles? <laughs> but everyone's like, no, it's 45 minutes, yeah. 25 <laughs> minutes, whatever. So that, that that's saying something yeah. that yeah. they're spread so they're, across they're LA. Up, we're all spread across um, LA. And, you know, we, we've met up and had dinners together, lunches together. And we really just try and help each Amazing. other. We we email if we have, you know, even this week, someone's like, oh, my wallpaper guy's like kind of bailing on me. Does anybody have one? And yeah. so, you know, a flood of people responded with, you know, their, their personal like wallpaper guy. I just don't think people are keeping things to themselves anymore. Yeah. Um, Between, well, first of all, everything exists on social in exactly. some capacity. Yeah. The other thing is, and it's something that we've talked about, there's an article about it in uh, the Liberty Magazine, yeah. which I'm making a little plug, <laughs> but is this concept of scarcity versus yeah. abundance. And yeah. I think when you live in that, there's plenty. there yeah. are plenty of Absolutely. wallpaper guys. Yeah. Like you're not giving yeah. up your one no. secret wallpaper mm-hmm. guy. And by the way, let's employ that wallpaper right. guy. Like, because let's like keep that him guy, busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that you have a wallpaper guy yeah, in the exactly, industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I love that. And I love that. I think where you were going, and I probably just cut you off, but that's where your assistant came from, that meetup. Yes, she was She was part of that group. And I also, um, she yeah, she's also an Ivy member. So I met her. I actually didn't meet her at the initial kind of business of design group, but I met her at an Ivy conference. Okay. And so it's all kind of full circle in a yeah. way. So, well, it, it again, says it's like a lot. different communities in yeah. a way. And, so, and how you yeah. how you participate and lean into yeah. those communities yeah. and not, again, even as an introvert, yeah. you yeah. found a way to be out Absolutely. there and networking and have, with those you know, people. Have, even from the, the both of those groups, I have two great designer friends, and we literally are on a text chain every, pretty much every other day. Like, hey, what about this? What about this? And like, we're so, you know, we're we're just like leaning on each other for information, That's awesome. and we're all at different levels and different like project. We're different styles of projects, so. It's great to like bounce ideas and things off each other. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I want to do that. Um, and not with you guys. I'll leave yeah. you guys alone. But um, uh, it's hard to have you in the room and not ask a few design questions. I feel like okay. I'm cheating. Okay. We're okay. getting away from the business thing. But what uh, what can you give us as sort of a design hack that isn't going to cost us thousands of dollars? Like what can we go home and do to sort of spruce up our space? Have you been watching? Have you? You must have seen the Netflix thing over the the Marie Kondo. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like everybody should just go and do that. Yeah. And it's not design related, yeah. but it's kind of is. Yeah. But well, do the, is but, that humans? If there are humans in my home that don't spark joy, can I get rid of <laughs> them? Get or rid of them? No. no. no okay. 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 Just checking. I mean, they all do, but I'm just checking. But I feel like, it's, and I'm almost doing that with my own. Um, I have like a little like shelves in my house yeah. and I'm just kind of like going to condo those. Yeah. Just going to condo yeah, those. I love take that. Them, take everything off. Yeah. And then just like restyle because I, I don't have time to do that right yeah. now. But when I did have, that's what I would do. I would restyle everything and just do different vignettes every day. Okay. I'm going to make a plug and Sheree, if you're out there, you better love me. So there is a Liberty member, which um, uh, her name is Sheree Gill and she has um, – a course, an online course that is kind of a Marie Kondo concept, but hers is very, it's not just paring down, but it's in your closet. It's sort of this concept of how do you pare down this lifestyle? And she is a living example of it. It's sort of amazing. She's down to so many jeans, so many tops, so many shoes. It's amazing. Um, But she has, if you're a Liberty member, you can go in and she's given um, some sort of goodies away that you can take a look at. And if you're not a Liberty member, that's okay too. We'll forgive you, but you should check out her website and her program. It's, I I think that's a 
That's mm-hmm. a great hack, actually. But I feel like with the Marie Kondo thing, she didn't go into some of the more decor stuff. And I feel like mm-hmm. everybody could probably do that with the decor. I know I could. I okay, have, like, what do you mean? You mean well, taking like, away taking things? Taking all, like, because I have, like, you know, little bookshelves that I have all sorts of stuff on there. And Crap. Like, my mantle. Like tchotchke kind well, of. It's pared down. Okay. But sorry, yes. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, there is, there, there, is, yeah. there is stuff like that. And I have like a mantle and, you know, just like little areas. It's almost like taking things away and just making sure that like, mm-hmm. you know, and just restyle things. And a lot of the hacks could I think of. Didn't Chanel say that? Coco Chanel, didn't she oh, say before you leave the house, always yes. take one thing yeah. off? Yeah. I actually still think that every yeah. time. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, do, not do with that. necklaces no. or jewelry. jewelry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. Yeah. Um, okay, one more hack. I, it's um, too good. God, I don't know. What is a how what is a good hack? Um I have I have a oh, question. Okay. I don't have what do you call the multiple picture wall? Oh, like a gallery? A gallery wall. Yeah. Um, what are the rules for things like that? Like I'm thinking about doing something up my stairs. Um what are the rules for that in terms of size and scale and how many and that kind of thing? Anything? I don't think there's rules. I think you've just got to go for it. I think, you know, you could you could be very regimented with it. And if you wanted to just have all the same size and the same um, same color frame, and you could do that and it would feel very clean and very modern. Or you could just combine it with like, you know, I, it's hard because you, you've you seen collected. it collected. Yeah. yeah, you could do a collected piece where... You've got all different found, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be art. It could be an object. It could yeah. be, um, you know, your kid's prints or, you know, like paintings yeah. or something. Even just like clipped on with just cute like hanging device. I'm sure what I'm saying here. No, like, like yeah, um, um, uh, clothes yeah, pins or yeah, something or just like something that. something that's like just feels a little less um, formal. Mm-hmm. Or you could just do full to ceiling, like full to floor ceiling with all sorts of different. I mean, yeah. a gallery wall takes time yeah it does it takes so long I yeah. had two pieces of art behind my sofa for ages and then I, I see they're in the yeah, blues the two, yeah yeah and I had somebody she custom made those are amazing and then I added things to that wall I mean because I do I have art in my garage that I just don't really know what to do with I'm uh-huh. um, but I'm um, to do a really curated gallery wall it takes so much time and I'm um, you know, the quick and easy route would be to do like a family gallery. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have family photos mm-hmm. and then f- just frame them in a very simple frame, maybe add a mat if you want to do them bigger. Um, but to curate something, whether it's like vintage pieces mixed with like prints or like I say, objects. Okay. It takes a long time. It does take, I, I know. <laughs> it's good because I thought it was just me. I was no, like, I, I can't get my no, head around no, no. this. And then are you a... Um, a person that likes to think in threes or do you like to think are you totally symmetrical in your design hmm. it depends what day it is really yeah okay that's interesting because a lot of designers like, immediately answer yeah, like no. oh no threes I think in threes no I mean it depends sometimes I do I actually do quite like symmetry mm-hmm. but then I think when I'm styling certain things I like to kind of break the mold a little bit because that's how you create like sure Interest exactly, and exactly, yeah, and like landscaping. And your okay, styling. thank you for letting us go <laughs> off script a little bit and ask you some of those questions. And before we totally let you go, we have something we call the quick six, and okay. I'm just going to ask you six quick questions and just say what comes to mind. Okay, so do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule? Flex, it is like no question. Um, and then do you like to vacation in the mountains or on the beach? I think mountains because I'm craving like some like English like those are rolling hills. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> although with all this oh, rain green, that we've been so getting, green, there's some there's some moments that I've been like, are we still in California? What's making me so happy is driving along the freeway and you just see those snow capped yes. mountains. They're they're fully white. And then, do you like working from um, home or office? Which wow, <laughs> we'll find out. Six we're months. gonna we're gonna catch up with you. And then a team or alone. Ugh. Alone? No, I don't know. I mean, that's the first thing that came to mind. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I guess both. Can I say both? You can say both. Here's the thing about me: I'm like this weird hybrid of like things. So I'm, you know, I do like to work alone, but I also like to work as part of a team. But then I'm, and you like to three design in threes. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like like this like balancing scale. I think one of the things I have said in the past is, 
you could either find me in a cocktail bar, like an expensive cocktail bar with a really great cocktail, or you could find me down the pub with a pint. <laughs> That's right. We love you so much. Um, this one, I'm going to make you pick one. Okay. You're not going to be able to choose Thai or Mexican food. Mexican. Ugh, not even. Didn't. Okay. Did you eat a lot of Mexican food growing no. up? No. So it's no, like it's a only novelty. from over here. Yeah. And I'm what's going your to, favorite? Yeah. Uh, kind of what kind of tacos? But we make them at home. Do you do the little tiny street tacos, mm -hmm. corn yeah. and flour corn tortillas? Corn and I make my own corn tortillas. Oh, now you're just showing off. <laughs> she also makes her own bone broth, so she really is showing off. And then um, the podcast is called Liberty Sessions. Yes. Our brand is Liberty. Our URL, Liberty for her. We're really into this word. Yeah. What does it mean for you to be liberated? I think just having the freedom to kind of make my own decisions and being able to, you know, choose my own path and I mean I've always been a very very independent person like always growing up I'm an only child so I think yeah. that helps I'm or hinders I don't know <laughs> we never we're yeah. all a combination yeah. of something but I think yeah just being able to like make your own choices and having you know freedom to do that would you say even though you're um well you were you're not anymore but you were an accidental entrepreneur right. would you say that that has been liberating yeah I think so. I mean, some days it feels like it's a chore, yeah. but for the most part, I do. Yeah, it has definitely been. Yeah, there was like a weight that was lifted, I think, when yeah. I was like starting to do my own thing. Well, I just spent three hours this morning watching a rendition of the Revolutionary War oh by 11-year-olds, and I can tell you that liberation is a chore. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and, and with all due respect to right. the English, right. well, yeah. you know, good for us. Yeah. Good for them. I, I, yeah. I wasn't there, so I wasn't the us. Anyway, Ginny, thanks for being with us. Thank it was a pleasure to me. talk to you. <laughs> Liberty listeners, get on the website, and we will have the hacks that Ginny offered and any websites that she mentioned so that you can check them out for yourself. Until next time. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower.